I am sweatier than a sweaty thing tonight. It's too hot in Scotland. Yeah, no, it's it's not too bad down in the north of England. It's it's warm, but it's not ridiculously hot. Oh, see, but in Scotland, once in the centigrade scale, uh, once it gets into double figures, it's just brutal. It's <laughs> you know, 11, 11, 12 degrees, and we, we're all taps off. That's tops off to the English speakers. Um, and walking about with sunburnt nipples and things like that. It's just it's not a pretty sight. Thanks for the mental picture, anyway. We, we, don't, we don't tan wells. We're more Andorian in skin tone. We're more sort of a pale blue in Scotland, so, yeah. You just want to blend in with the flag, don't you? Well, it's, it's quite dark, though, isn't it? I mean, black, I mean, but, yeah, we're, we're far too light-skinned here. <laughs> so, um, what did you do with your written warning from JJ for last week for the, uh, the extended two-hour special that we did? The same as I do with all the memoirs. I filed it carefully. Oh, B1M, was yes, it? Yes, yes, that's the one. Yes, yeah. me too. I just went straight in the B1M file. Yeah, well, I've got a special sorting attachment for my um, filing cabinet. So as I put it towards my filing cabinet, it kind of goes, and, and then it files it. Oh, it indexes it as it files it, is that it? It does, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, and it, it breaks it down and files it in its component parts. It encrypts it. That's it, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Files it. Oh, yes. a physical encryption machine. I love yes. that. Encrypts bits of paper. That's great. Oh, I love that. That's really yep. good. It's the northern version of the Enigma device. Well, was it Alan Turing or northern? Was it he from Manchester? Yeah, but, you know, he had a decent education, so he went down south. <laughs> Are we going down the route of the north-south <laughs> divide again? I don't know what you're talking about. There's no <laughs> north-south divide at all. There may be, there may be. <laughs> um, so I'm under strict instructions from JJ to keep this one under two hours. So the way I'm going to do that is I think we need to talk really fast. Okay. Do you remember in the voyage home when Spock gave his little exam? No. 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 The, the beginning of the voyage home and the computer's testing Spock to see if his catch was taking place. No. Uh, no, you know what I No. 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 And the computer's talking really fast. You know? no. This is a complete waste of a job. It, it is. Yeah, okay. Um, hang on, one... hang on, hang on. Let's do it again. Start again. Okay, okay. Do you remember the... Oh, no, wait, I'll go back to the very beginning. How's that? Yeah, yeah, go I'll, on. That'll keep the episode nice and short. Yeah, I'll yeah, go, go back on. to the very beginning. Hiya, James. How are you? I'm all right, Gregor. How are you? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so far we've covered our written warning for overrunning last week. Yep. Our instructions to talk really quick this week in order to keep it down, and the fact that James doesn't remember the computer asking Spock questions from Star Trek 4, which I was going to use as my calibration point. Do you mean that bit, Gregor, where the computer speaks really fast? That's the one. Yeah, it's yeah. One. Yeah. <laughs> this is going absolutely swimmingly. <laughs> Really is. We've had worse starts, to be fair. I know, I know. But I'm deeply disappointed that JJ isn't joining us tonight. JJ's got a reasonable excuse this evening. He does. He does have a reasonable excuse. But we are talking about the Dominion, which you and I know lots about, and JJ doesn't because he hasn't watched Deep Space Nine. Exactly. When we were talking about this... Um, between us in our little secret Facebook group that we've got. Um, 
JJ was going, I don't even know why I'm coming. I don't know what the Dominion is. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, for goodness sake. <laughs> yeah, and to be fair, we didn't know why he was coming either. No, no, that's that's very true. Mm. What are you drinking tonight anyway, Gregor? Uh, um, I am back on the Williams Brothers, uh, Caesar Augustus, hybrid, um, lager, IPA. All right, cool. Um, uh, You you probably can't read what I'm on, but it's another Hazy J. Another Hazy J. Yeah, Yeah. but the can's blue and my blue screen's blue. So actually, I've got Hazy J in special edition. It's got DS9 on it, look. I like the way the, the text is floating. Yeah, yeah. If I if I yeah. angle it just right, then the the label on the can stays nice and visible, but the actual yeah. can itself goes. It's a, a, it actually had a little bit of the the uh, DS9 station on it there. Yes, because that's what I've got on my background. Because I thought yeah. we're talking about the Dominion. I, I like to have a topic appropriate backgrounds because you know, seeing as we don't actually mention the topic, at least we can see it out the corner of our eyes. Yeah, for those that are listening, we have it visually, but you can't see it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I'm looking forward to this because this is basically uh, exclusively, wholly and exclusively a DS9 species that we're yes. talking about tonight. Well, a set of species, really. Well, a set of species, yeah. Um, so you and I get to have a little bit of a loving tonight, a DS9 loving. Um, so we'll have you probably... brought the baby oil or is it not that sort of loving? Um, the night is young. Let's not rule anything out here. <laughs> Not ruling it out. <laughs> Certainly not ruling it out. Um, so, yeah, I mean, let's just get on with the Dominion because for basically the first two seasons, I think I think they hinted at in parts of season two, aren't they? Yeah, there are subtle mentions, but they're yeah. purposely very subtle. It's a it's a, a, a slow drip feed, really, isn't it? And then when we eventually get to meet. The Dominion isn't it in the episode the Jeb Kadar at the end of season two. You you're yeah. asking me things involving the names of episodes, uh, well, Gregor. You should know better than that. Well, when I ask uh, these questions, just imagine I've prefaced it with the words, James, please go on to memory alpha right away and look this up for me. It, it's fine because what happens is they go on a camping trip to the Delta Quadrant, yeah. um, and it's the one where Quark and Cisco end up taking Jake and Nog on a camping trip, and Quark and Cisco don't really get on very well, and there's there's lots of Quark screaming about bugs biting his ears and all sorts, and then we see Jem Hadar, and then there's. Yes, our introduction to the Jem'Hadar, really. Uh, oh. They get kidnapped, don't they, and kept mm. in a holding cell. And yeah, and we also uh, meet the Lady Vorta. Is it not the Lady Changeling? No, we meet Eris, yes, the Lady Vorta. Right, okay. okay. I only know this because I may have researched it really well before we started recording the podcast. I'm very impressed. I'm very, very impressed. Um, there is another lady daughter that I probably will talk about somewhat enthusiastically. Yeah, but on. this is the magic Vorta before they went, actually, you know, all them weird telepathic Vorta skills. That's uh-huh. not. Yeah. <laughs> so this yeah, is they, the one weird magic Vorta. They changed their mind about the Vorta. They, they did. They did. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, sorry, um, Star Trek canon is sacrosanct and can never be altered. That's what I meant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, I think what we're left with is that Jim and Bar are bats from that episode. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure how much we actually know about it being the triumvirate of species and who I don't think controls. we get that yet. I'm not sure where we get that information. We hear of the founders, but we don't know at that point that Odo is a founder. No, is it season three that's the episode where the female changeling impersonates Kira? Trapped in the rock. Uh, I can't remember the name of it. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just trying to imagine Kira's outfit in that episode, and I'm pretty sure it's a season three outfit, and it's not that. It's not that season four outfit that I kept going on about in uh, a previous episode. Well, at least you weren't continually going. We never even discussed the mirror universe outfit when we were talking about Kira. Okay, well, since you mentioned it, um, <laughs> that, that outfit was actually made of rubber to look like leather. And uh, it was very, this is Nana Visitor's own words, and it was very tight fitting. And they, it gave them an awful lot of sound problems on the set because every time she walked and was talking at the same time, all they could hear was. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember what the technique is that um, they used a lot. Well, they used it a lot on Voyager, according to um, Delta Flyers podcast. If you haven't listened to it, listen to the Delta Flyers, really good podcast, um, where basically they scrap all the sound that happens on set anyway, mm. and they kind of dub their own voices over the top afterwards in a, a, a sound recording booth. So how much of an actual problem that squeakiness will have been i don't know because apparently um rick berman had a real thing where he hated the sounds of boots on carpet so anything involving walking down a corridor all the sound had to be cut out completely because he couldn't stand the noises of boots on carpet because that wasn't star trek mm. Mm. okay even though the ships were carpeted That's just pulling in the dead space there, so I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> I, think, I think we'll keep that one running for a few episodes. I forgot to ask him if there was any dead space, actually. I, I he, was, he probably didn't tell you, because <laughs> he'd be like, I'm not going to mention it, because they'll just spend 20 minutes taking the piss. Yeah, so there's a couple of really interesting episodes in season three, and I think it must be fairly early in season three that we do find out structure. Mm. of the Dominion because the episode Defiant where Thomas Riker steals the Defiant to go and prove that the uh, Cardassians and Romulans are colluding yep. to basically invade the Dominion um, yep. and that, that episode comes back in the double episode Improbable Cause the Die is Cast uh, that which is the one where Garrick's shop goes up. Oh, yeah, yeah. And him and Odo go off to investigate it and eventually uh, find new Um JJ, if you're listening, he turns out to be Garrick's father. <laughs> you are Spoiler. such a baddie. You are I such know. a baddie. Yeah, I know. I know. But to be fair... He's had like 25 years to watch it. If he hasn't watched it yet, we can't be avoiding spoilers. 
Exactly. For a 25-year-old TV series. Yes. Maybe. That is slightly more than that, isn't it? Because it was a few years ago. It was the 25th anniversary. Yeah, it was 1990, January 25th, 1993, the first episode. Yeah. Really and I was very even looking at my screen. Um, you so, nerd. I know, I know. So, yeah, so we're well past the 25th anniversary now. And he says he's a Star Trek fan. He's still not seen the best Star Trek series ever. Well, you know, there's no accounting for idiots. Yeah, yeah. So, um, if memory serves, isn't the climax of season three where Kira, Cisco, Odo, Julian, eh, all get captured and end up in a just an induced coma by the founders? Now, if you'd have asked me this ten years ago, I'd have been able to tell you what took place in what season. But since uh, Netflix happened, you just start at episode one and you just keep clicking next and you haven't got a clue which season yeah, you're in and it yeah, all just... Yeah. It, 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 I don't have to like get up and change DVDs anymore. Mm. I used to have them really... I, I, do you remember the DS9 box set that came in like them plastic, um, big chunky cases that kind of slotted together? Yes. They were really cool, um, but... So yeah. then uh, you knew which season you were watching, but mm. when you just click in, yes, Netflix, I'm still watching, shut up. Um, or or you put it on in the bedroom when you go to bed and you start watching season three and then the next time you go to watch it, you're in the middle of season five because you fell asleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you're trying to remember where you were up to, which is really hard when you're yeah. re-watching something you've already seen and you're like, ah, mm. have I seen that? Well, I have seen that, but when did I see that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's called the JJ DS9 experience. I don't know what's happening here, you know. No, but we don't know what's happening because we don't know which bit of the thing that we've seen many times <clears> before we're on. <throat> it's not that we don't know what happen what's happening because we haven't got our lives together and actually watched a 25-year-old TV series. <clears throat> yeah, while well, saying that we love it. Yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. And he has, he's got the cheek to get Max on. He doesn't love you, Max. He doesn't love you. He's not seen the episodes of DS9 that you're in, and I know that because he's not seen DS9. But more importantly, we do. We do. We love you, Max. If you're listening, Max, we love you. We really do. So there. Don't forget, JJ, we love you. Um, Did you just say, JJ, we love you? No, for, I said, forget JJ. I was talking to Max. Forget JJ. Oh, that's, that's all right then. Yeah, yeah. Who, forget who? I don't know what you're talking about. No, I have no idea who he is. Absolutely not. No. Must be some sort of temporal anomaly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so, I think we need to go back from where we are at the moment, to be honest. I think we need to go right back to the beginning of DS9 because Odo. How can we not talk about Odo when we're talking about the species of the Dominion? Okay, so isn't the first time we meet Odo? when that little, it's a robbery, isn't it, taking place on yes. the promenade deck. And the guy yes. sort of throws these nunchuck things, doesn't he? It's like a ball and chain, a spiky ball and chain. He chucks it at Odo and it goes straight through Odo's face. Is it not when Nog's doing the robbery? Yeah, I think, it's part, I think that's part of it. Is that part of the same scene? Yeah, yeah. But that isn't that the first time you see him and you see Odo running in to chase them and then this sort of nunchuck weapon gets yeah, thrown yeah. at him and it, goes, and it goes straight through his face because he 
shapeshifts in space. Yes, which is very cool. Mm. So right away, you know, it's a bit different. Yes. And then over the course of season one, we get to realise that he can turn into other things, but he has a real problem with faces. Yeah, mm. he can do a really nice bird, but he can't do a, a face. Um, yeah. mm. He can do like fine tailoring on his uniform, but no, not a face. Mm. Yeah, no, yeah, maybe a little bit unsatisfactory, but... Yeah, know. I was always, always a bit meh with the necessity of making Odo look so different. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not like uh, Rennie to look at how, you know, his face wasn't full of character anyway. Yeah, exactly. It's... You know, plus when you've got an actor like Rennie, who, let's be honest, is one of the class acts of the whole of Star Trek, um, why did you need to put him on this? Yeah, why, why do we need to cover his face in latex and make his acting yeah. more difficult? Yeah, yeah. no. Um, I do think that was an error um, because it would have been something nice that they could have played on as well is they could have had um, Odo shape-shifting into being a Klingon and then there could have been a story there and we could have had him shape-shifting into an Andorian and he could have been the Jeffrey Coombs of DS9, but it's all right because then we got Jeffrey Coombs to do that job, so it wasn't a problem. Yeah, I, I, I sort of knew Jeffrey Coombs was going to come up. Um... I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, are you implying I've got some sort of um, sexual fascination with Jeffrey Coombs? Uh, well, that's not that's for the judge to decide. Oh, okay, uh, okay. You know, that's not for me. That's for the uh, the, the judge to, to decide. Um, as long as the judge isn't Q. <laughs> okay. The trial never ends. <laughs> <laughs> or does it? We've got season two of Picard to come yet. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, but let's not go there just yet. Um, I know, but I like winding you up. Just, just, so, yeah, back to Odo. Back to Odo, yes. So, so we find um, out that he sleeps in a bucket. We find out that he's a shapeshifter. He doesn't know where he comes from. And then, original, uh, then later on, we start to find out that he knows he comes from somewhere else when a sample of another... Um, Changeling is picked up, and then the Bajoran doctor, whose name escapes me completely, Doctor Mora. Mora. I was thinking Moreau, and then I was thinking it's not that. Uh, doctor Mora, and how he basically tortured Odo until Odo turned into a person, because um, you know that's what you do with living creatures: you stab them with electricity till they do what they're told, right? Apparently. Um, and then eventually we meet the female changeling and we find out about the Dominion and we find out about the Jem'Hadar and the Vorter and how they all fit together and the fact that the Vorter and the Jem'Hadar are both genetically created creatures created by the changelings. Um, yeah, it's really quite an interesting thing, but I think starting off with Odo was... Well, it did start off with Odo, didn't it? Isn't it right, right from Emissary all oh, the way yeah, through? Yeah, it's right enough from Emissary all the way through. Yeah. Um, I mean, sticking with Odo episodes, uh, a great one is the Ascent, the one with him and Court stuck on the planet and have to climb the mountain. And I don't think, I think he's actually lost his shape-shifting abilities at this point. He gets a broken leg and Court has to carry him. Ah, uh, yes, yes. 
No, I, I, I do know the one you mean. Mm. Which yeah. maybe due to the fact that I googled it quickly, but I do know the one you mean. Um, my, my, my brain doesn't work. You said episode title. I have to look it up and then I scroll down and the minute I've seen two or three pictures, I'm like, ah, yes, that one. Yeah, but it's okay, it's okay to do that now because while you're doing that and there's silence, I can go... <laughs> and JJ doesn't know what we're doing uh, because he doesn't that's, listen. He just follows the little graph with it. That, that's, that's true. You know, so it's, it's okay. But um, yeah, that, that one's nice because we get to see more of the personality of um Odo, don't we them we quite often have before Odo's such a reserved character at the beginning you don't he doesn't let anybody in and you never really see much of the real Odo inside the bucket um but this episode is one of those where them them barriers are just broken down a little bit and it has to be Odo and Quark who have this love-hate relationship because I, I, I'm sure if Odo and have ended up with Kira, he'd have ended up with Quark at some point. Uh, that would have been interesting. Um, or, or I would not mind if he ended up with Luxara, actually, because they, they had a couple of good stories. Yes. Well, and Odo. I thought at one point that was going to happen when they'd be trapped in the lift and we already discussed that when we were on the Bajoran episode. But uh, No, the not the Bajoran episode. Ah, brain function. Betazoid episode, yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that scene as well really shows the vulnerable side to Odo, which I like it when that comes out, but I also like the fact that it's quite well hidden and it's quite well guarded and it really provides more roundness to Odo's character. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so we're sort of focusing on Odo-centric episodes, which I'm quite happy to do uh, for a little bit longer. Um, but there was the other strange thing about them, actually, if I were thinking about something in terms of say about an hour episode, is he uh, couldn't do a human face, but he turned himself into a tray in four glasses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, that was it's not great. No, uh, uh, no but do. oddly, they kind of use that moving forwards with the other founders as well, don't they? They all have the weird Odo face. Yes, yes, for some reason. Yet uh, they've got the ability to make human faces, obviously, otherwise you wouldn't have the infiltration of changelings into the Federation later on in DS9 oh. when we're into the Dominion War element. Mm. Um. So why the female changeling shows herself as having an Odo style face. I don't know. That bit doesn't quite make sense in my head. Mm -hmm. um, wasn't she great? Salon James as the female changeling. Say that again, sorry. The, the female changeling, Salome James, wasn't she great as the female changeling? Oh yes, yes, that that such a brilliant performance. Absolutely fantastic. So menacing. And as much as we've just dissed on the Odo makeup, um, when they've got that illness and she's literally falling apart on screen, that makeup is phenomenal. When you can literally see her face peeling off, it's really, really well done. Mm. Yeah, I, I mean, just about every episode that features the female change, I think it's fantastic. Yeah. But 
if you'll pardon the pun we've just talked about our face breaking off, it was the, the layers of texture that they built. See what, see what you did there. <laughs> that they built into the Dominion and the yes. characters, the main characters in them. Well, um, they spent literally seasons building it up. Mm. It wasn't Alien of the Week by any stretch. No. No. So it I, gave them 60 episodes in order to feed little bits of information in and to, yeah, it was very, very cleverly woven together. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's just, I mean, I could talk, I mean, I could just talk about all my favourite Dominion War and Founders episodes uh, all day. Um, what's your favourite, I mean, what's some of your favourite ones that feature? Or do you want me to go first? Oh, you Google the names. Yeah, you go first while I Google the names. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Okay, well, I mentioned a couple already, and that was the, well, not specifically centric to the story in that, that, that couple episode, because it was much more about the Obsidian Order, etc. But the, they were the key motivators for the Obsidian Order's behaviour, and that was the probable cause the guy is cast, which I thought was fantastic. Um, obviously, the way of the warrior. When the Klingons arrived to, and, and I proclaimed they are there to defend the station uh, and not Empire Build, uh, is a great episode. But I, I think one of the really great episodes was um, By Dawn's Early Night and By Inferno's Fire, the one where we find out that Dr. Bashir has been a changeling for about two months. Oh, yes. The real Dr. Yeah. Bashir's in the prison camp, and Worf and Garrett set off to. Well, they don't go to find Bashir because they don't know he's our changeling at this point. They don't, they don't know that until they get captured and spring the real Bashir on the, yeah. the, the thing. As they go and search for the Cardassian worship, don't they? That's what they're, they're looking, not looking for. I, I just I mean, that was just some brilliant storytelling in those episodes. Very much so. Um, and I can't believe JJ's not seen it. Well, you're close enough to slap JJ. I'm too far away, so I'm going to have to leave the berating of JJ up to you until I'm able to get up to Edinburgh, and mm -hmm. then I can slap him about a bit. But I, I, I'm too far away at the moment. So well, I could I could drive him down to you. That's not an issue if you want a slap. Yeah, yeah. If you want to bring him down, I'll give yeah. give him a bit of a, a slap, and then we'll send him back. And I don't hopefully, know we, I don't know um, if we can get him into Lancashire because he's from Yorkshire. Yeah, yeah, and also we've got extra. Suggestions from the government at the moment in uh, Lancashire and Greater Manchester. So it was not advisable at the moment. We'll wait. Okay. Okay. Well, so uh, to go on a completely different tangent with um, Odo and how Odo looks, what about Odo in Take Me Out to the Hollow Suite? <laughs> when he's the umpire. Yes. <laughs> You're out. <laughs> <laughs> I will umpire a game I have never really heard of. Um, yes, it's fine, because I'm good with law and rules, so I'll just read them. 
No, it was he, just... He throws himself into it, doesn't he? I mean, both yeah. the actor and the character. Very much so. Themselves, uh, it is an absolute classic episode of DS9 as well. It's a massive fan favourite. You see people at conventions in Niners uniforms everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I, I, although I think my favourite line is Warps. Death to the opposition. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a brilliant line, uh, I think. Probably, I mean, it's probably just worship and death to the opposition um, in that episode. It's great. Well, but yeah, I, and it's, it's quite interesting that they did choose to make Constable Odo the umpire. And mm. um, it's sort of fitted with his desire as, you know, when he's, when he's exploring humanity. In fact, um, I'm going to get serious here for a minute because uh, I, I did a little thing when. Do we need to like the mastermind theme tune at this point? Like, do, uh, do, 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 uh, do. No, it's not a quiz. Um, no, I did a wee thing for the, the USSR book of Rainy Dine. Yeah. And um, I was talking about, you know, people who, the, some of the detractors of, of Deep Space Nine, um, you know, because it's on a space station, it's a, it's a, it's a space shopping mall, there's no yeah. exploring and all that sort of thing. And uh, what I said was, was um, Star Trek has never, ever really been about space exploration. It's always been the exploration of humanity. Very and much was, so. And it was just told through the, um, what's the word, metaphor of yeah. space exploration. Well, Wagon train to the stars, they called it originally, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, when you think about um, Deep Space Nine, um, there were certain aspects. Each character, in a way, um, represented uh, a facet of uh, man's exploration into themselves. And, yes. you know, Odo was the conduit for all of that to happen. You know, yeah. he, was the, he was the Spock. He was the data. Yeah. Um, that the, the exploration of humanity looked at because he was the one that was always exploring stuff. He was seven of nine. Yeah, the seven of nine. He was the one, he was always the one that was, you know, what his beer tastes like, you know. Yeah. Why why do you eat? What is sex? You know, it was always him that was doing yeah. um that stuff. And I am being the constable, you know, the one that's supposed to make uh, all his decisions on evidence. Without bias, that that's what he brought to that, and he he was the epitome of, for me, um, in DS9, what what human exploration was and its yes. own humanity. And I think every Star Trek needs that character. I think that's a really important character trope that Star Trek does very well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, to be able to just talk about Odo. I did say doing all the Dominion races in one episode is quite a lot to cover. We haven't even mentioned Ketosol White yet. <laughs> I know. I mean... Or yeah. Jeffrey Coombs as a sexy voter. Well, which one? Yes. Yeah. All of them. All of them. But all ones. of the Wayuns. How, how many do we have again? Is it... Do we need, is it way on two or three we need the first Eight? Episode? Are there in total? Um, Let me um, think about that for a minute. JJ, if you're still listening, Wei Yun gets killed several times 
and comes back because he's a clone. I hope that hasn't spoiled PS9 when you eventually get around to watching it. Hopefully you get hopefully JJ watches PS9 before first contact in 2063. So apparently um at least eight copies were known to exist, mm. five of which have been encountered by the Federation. So is that so presumably, technically that means Jeffrey Coons played five characters and there's the source of the argument of who's played the most characters on PS9. If you yes. think the five we use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd probably still win anyway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's he's quite a few in DS9, isn't he? Yes. He's, he's Brunt in DS9. Yeah, he's Brunt. Uh, he is something else as well. Yeah, I think he plays a couple of Ferengi, doesn't he? Yeah, I think so. He let let's let's just look up Jeffrey Coombs. Yes, let's let's, let's... just for an excuse to bring up many pictures of Jeffrey Coombs on my computer. Oh no, won't that be a shame? Oh dear, if uh, James goes silent, it's because he's telling Jeffrey Coombs. Right Don't know what you're talking about. I never put. I do. Yeah. So we had uh, Tyron in Meridian. Uh huh. Uh, Brunt, Wayum 4, Wayum 5, uh, Prophet in Sacrifice of Angels, uh, Wayun Hologram in Statistical Probabilities. Okay. Uh, then he was Kevin McCauley in Five Beyond the Stars. That's right, yes, the policeman alongside uh, Mark Lima. Yep. Then he was Wayun Hologram in Inquisition. Uh, another hologram on In the Pale Moonlight. Then he was Wayun 6, Wayun 7, Mirror Brunt, Wayun 8, um, a holosuite guest in What You Leave Behind, um, Penk in Susad Sante, in one beginning with a T and an S. Oh, no, that's Voyager, ignore me. Oh, that's, okay. that's the wrong series. That's Enterprise, that's Enterprise, that's Enterprise. Sorry. Yes. Ignore the last one. So how many DS9 have we got? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 different characters, as long as we count all the wounds and the holographic wounds as separate characters. He played 14. That's a few. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just one or two, yeah. Yeah. And that's not including his appearances in Voyager and Enterprise. Yeah. Yeah, because there's like there's a few multiple character actors. There's, there's Scott McDonald's ones that always comes up. Uh, what's his face? Paul Armstrong. Yeah. Another one. Uh, James Cromwell played quite a few as well before he became really famous. Hasn't Mark Alimo done more than one as well? If I remember. Oh, he, uh, Mark, Mark Alimo, he's been a Cardassian in TNG. I think he's been a Romulan in TNG. Yeah. Uh, he was also in the. Uh, Episode with Data Loses and the one where they go to San Francisco and what's his face is in it? Do you need me to just go? No, no, I don't want you to Google this because this is starting to annoy me now because I can't remember this episode. No, I wasn't Googling it. I was making the noise while you thought. Well, I concentrate. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, Mark Twain, the kidnap Mark Twain, and the meet Gaiman for the first time. Yeah. I can remember all this except the name of the episode. You see, now you know how I normally feel. Yeah. Because I can remember the details, but I can never remember what they're called. Uh, uh, 
Time's arrow. That was it. Time's arrow. There we go. Well done. Yes. Have yes. a biscuit. If I had to Google that, I would not have been able to lift it myself tonight. <laughs> Time, uh, Time's arrow. He was the card shark in Time's arrow. That was it. Macaulay. Um, I'm sure they've probably ever stopped in TNG as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and technically, he was also in the Dominion for a while. Mm. He was. So, so that did keep that on topic after all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, the Cardassians. Because the Cardassians did become part of the Dominion. Yeah, I wonder if JJ knows that. JJ probably doesn't even know what the Dominion is. Probably thinks it's a card game played at Quarks. Yeah. See, when I was describing that episode, that yeah. I couldn't remember the name of, um, yeah. it goes out. Do you think the two listeners will be screaming at their iPods or whatever device they're listening to and going, Time's Arrow! It's Time's Arrow! One of them definitely will. <laughs> it's Time's Arrow! God damn it! It's Time's Arrow! How do you not know this? <laughs> yeah. Well, as you see, by this point, I think they're all quite used to the fact that James doesn't do episode titles. And I refuse to Google them. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what else can we say about the domain? Oh, right, I was going to talk about the sexy one. The sexy one? The sexy one. No, we're talking about the sexy one. We've just talked about Jeffrey Coombs. Well, can, can I talk about another sexy one in that case? Wayun 2. Um, Wayun okay. 3? Oh, okay. Um, Wayun 5. Yeah, okay. Uh, Way in eight. Well, uh, okay. Uh, is that the one that killed himself, or is that the one that Worf killed? I can't remember which Wayun's which. Okay. Uh, they all well, look the same, which makes it really awkward. It's like well, the clones of each other. Okay. Well, uh, the one I was thinking about was Kalana from the ship, the episode of the ship, uh, played by Caitlin Hawkins. I thought that was quite a hot work. Um, yeah. Yeah. So um so there you go. That's my thought Vorta. So who are the Vorta then, Gregor? Go on, tell everybody who the Vorta are. Uh, they are a genetically engineered clone species. Yep. That act uh, essentially as facilitators. Yes. Or liaison officers between the founders and the Gem Hadar. So they're basically the puppets. Of the the founders, the founders well, are the puppet masters. And yeah, aren't the whole Dominion the puppets of the founders really? Yeah, yeah. But uh, they're kind of the um, the go between, aren't they? The Gem Hadar are too militaristic and too violence focused to be able to think on a higher level like the Vorta are expected to do. So they're kind of. They're kind of mid-level bureaucrats, really, aren't they? Um, I think they're a bit more than bureaucrats because the the Gemini are made with one purpose and one purpose only, and that, that's to kill. Yeah. And to fight. Yeah. Un, unquestionably. Yes. Or, or with utter loyalty, depending on if you prefer that euphemism or the first description. I think the, the Vorta, if it was the movie The, the Godfather, the Vorta would be the Cancellieri offering advice. I haven't um, seen The Godfather. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, 
You know when you've got <laughs> films on a list of, I really need to get around to watching this at some point? Mm. It's been on that list for about 15 years. Well, you, you should watch it. Um, you should watch The Godfather 1 and The Godfather 2. Not 3? It's not, it's not that 3 is a bad film. It's, it's far from a bad film. It's a good film. But it's not the guy. It's not one or two. That's the okay. problem. That's the problem with three. Um, because the first two are just so good. Uh, they are so good. Uh, just you know, brilliant acting. It's you know, it's good. only like two years ago I eventually got around to watching Die Hard. Well, <laughs> um, <laughs> there are a lot of classic films I haven't seen. Okay, this is. And then a lot of weird art house films that I have seen. Have you seen Monster of Arabia? Yes, but that was such a long time ago, I don't remember an awful lot about it. Okay. Uh, but I have seen it. Um, you seen, uh, what's it, 12 Angry Men? 12 Angry Men, no. Yeah. Okay. Uh, these are all films that feature, feature very highly on IMDb's top 250, you know. They, they probably do, but I've got weird taste. Well, I mean, it's not like uh, they, they're, uh, it's not like a CGI action fest, these films. I like the Marvel films. But most people do. Uh, yeah, because Spider-Man's fifth. Okay, well, uh, and so's Loki. Oh, did you watch Loki? I yeah. did. I watched it today with, um, uh, no, yesterday, sorry, with uh, Evie, my daughter. Yeah. Uh, we thought it was very good. I think, I think it's looking good. I think it's quite liked the almost, it felt like somebody had taken the set of the old 1984 movie. Mm. And there you go, that's a classic film I have seen. Uh, the it's not as good as the book, but the. It just felt like it they'd used the set from 1984. I quite liked the whole Big Brother feel to it. It was very good. Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's got an interest and I think it's looked really good. Started uh, a lot better than WandaVision. WandaVision took me quite a while to get into. Yeah, I, I think... Um, I was just like, oh, this is just like a shitty rerun of Bewitched, but with characters that don't belong in Bewitched, but then eventually it had I, a plot. Again, I think that's something that um, Kevin Feige does. Uh, nothing happens that doesn't have appeal. Oh, no, no. It, um, it, it all made in, sense in, in the in end. Episode, yeah, episode one and two became really important in retrospect once you got in the episodes four, five, six, and seven. Yes. Like, yeah. oh, right, I, okay. I think if you're going to produce like the first massive Disney Plus marvel tv series don't make the first couple of episodes boring as shit it's not mm. the best way of getting people hooked um I'll, I'll play devil's advocate and say that they knew they could get away with that yeah and, then, and, and, and then, they obviously did and but... then they knew people would go back to it but they started doing other stuff in the later episodes the new people would go back and start watching episode one and two again and yeah. then delving deeper into it and yeah, yeah, spot, yeah. spotting all the things and going, oh, oh, oh. Um, so, yeah. I did give up on Falcon and Winter Soldier. I haven't watched all of them yet. I, I thought that was good. That was it good. was all right. Um, I mean, it's only six episodes, so 
Yeah, yeah, I've watched the first two or three. It's all right. I'll watch the rest at some point, but it didn't grab me. Hmm. And if Anthony Mackey grabbed you, would that be an issue? To be honest, it wouldn't be an issue if most of the cast of any of the Marvel films was yeah. to grab me, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, if Scarlett Johansson did a big scissor kick and got my head trapped between her thighs and was trying to choke me to death, um, I think is that it, would... Is this one of them, hmm, I can't remember the safe word situations? <laughs> oh, t- listen, see all serious, I'll tell you what's a dreadful safe word. <laughs> that is not a good safe word. No, no. No. Um, neither is harder. That's a bad safe word. On, on, on this topic, though, do do remember if you're playing with um, gags or anything, then make sure you've got an alternate to a safe word because it's really hard to say a safe word with a ball gag in. So find another way of saying to your partner, "That's enough. We need to stop." Mm-hmm. Good advice there from the two of us. Um, yeah, deeper. That's a dreadful. Did safe really word. did not expect because it this discussing safe words and ball gags tonight. My goodness. <laughs> I know. I know. I mean, if you want to know anything about ball gags, ask our conservative MP. There's enough of Ben Gordon in there. So, yeah, the Gem Hadar, I think we need to talk about next. Space Rhinos. Um, interesting that they were meant to be so loyal, but there is a couple of episodes where they're basically mutant. Yes, but they can only mutiny so far till the drugs run out. Yeah, which is probably why they don't mutiny. So maybe yeah. they're. Maybe they're not as loyal. Maybe they do see that they are being manipulated. Well, that's the only reason that they have that addiction to Ketosel White, isn't it? It's just to keep them under control. We find out that when we have the baby Jem'Hadar that um, is discovered on the station. I can't remember how it gets there. But anyway, it Uh, grows up in about seven seconds into basically being a killing machine and they can't find out what it is that it needs and then eventually they find out that it's kept so white and that's how they find out about the addiction elements and the fact that that's what the Vorta used to control the Jem'Hadar on behalf of the founders so Hmm. yes I I think were it not for that safeguard that the founders put in place when they built the Jem'Hadar then they would have had a lot more issues and they probably would have splintered off and been a very Klingon style race probably yeah, uh, yeah. I, another sort of thing that I found interesting was that the the faction between the Alpha Quadrant Jem'Hadar and the Delta Quadrant one, mm. ones, which strangely, strangely, was like they were vying for the love of the founders. Yeah, um, and that was perhaps as close to their rivalry. Uh, and I thought that was quite interesting. And that's very prevalent in the episode one little ship. Yeah. Um, where the for some reason in the middle of a, a war they go and investigate this gravity anomaly. And yeah. One of the runabouts ends up getting shrunk, and then while the runabouts in this gravity anomaly get shrunk, the, the fine gets taken over by the chain for that. Um, but I'm sure that's a plot at least. <laughs> it's what it's. One of them things that Star Trek has always done, it's, well, we, we need a bit of a, a weird, slightly light-hearted episode just to break up the doom and gloom. Mm. So 
let's basically do the magic school bus Star Trek edition. Yeah, that that was the that was the little runabout as the John McLean, wasn't it? You see, I really? thought it was Magic School Bus. Magic School Bus. Have you ever seen the Magic School Bus, the American cartoon for kids, where they had um, a school bus and they shrunk it down and they went inside one of the school children and, okay. and explored the body. Okay, I did see a meme about that today, and now that meme makes much more sense. Right. Although, although the uh, <laughs> the meme was basically the school bus that was clearly inside someone's body because you could see all the cells and uh, there was just something along the lines. I don't care that the magic school bus is up your ass. Uh, but yeah, that, so yeah, that makes yeah. so much sense now. Yeah, yeah. Um, thank you for that. There you go. Did helping. Yeah, thank you for that. Uh, but yeah, no, it was the, the, the runabout as John McLean going about the little conduits mm. and, and about circuitry like John McLean manoeuvring the skyscraper, which is something that you'd understand now because you've seen that from the It just ago. missed. It just missed a Vulcan shouting, Live long and prosper, motherfucker, as they killed somebody. Yeah. 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 Uh, what else could a Vulcan? Um, what else could a Vulcan say? Um, that's, uh, something about logic. What could they say? Is the fine? The gun? No. Uh, but long and prosper, motherfucker, yeah, that would work. Or um, something about Catra. Uh, yeah. Don't fuck with my Catra. Motherfucker. Uh, yeah, that, that, would, that would say, no, no peace in long life. No, peace. No, rest in peace and no long life, motherfucker. <laughs> you know, that, that would work. Um, I think we should do Die Hard with a Vulcan. No, it's called With a Vengeance. Die Hard. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I quite oh. like I quite liked one little shit actually. I thought it was great was. Yeah, no, it's it's one of those nice little silly episodes that mm. I, I, I like. I'm a big fan of little silly episodes. Yeah, I mean it was also kind of, it was also a little bit of a play on the, the 19... 60s film Fantastic Journey. I don't know that one. It's uh, who's in it? Donald Sutherland and Rakia Welsh. I've and heard shrink, of both of those people. They shrink this little ship down to inject it into a scientist to go and destroy some kind of blood clot in his brain or something like that. Um, There's then, so many films where that happens. And every time I'm like, oh, does that mean you shrink down the sides of an oxygen atom as well so that you can actually breathe? And then my brain gets a bit too, uh, uh. Yeah, but bear in mind that atoms are immensely uh, empty. Yeah, yeah. You know, the particles in an atom actually occupy, mm, you know, minuscule percentage of the area of the atom. what what about the the neutrons and the protons and the electrons? Do they shrink in size when you shrink? In that case, how do they interact with the full size ones outside? And how can you breathe? And yeah, my brain yeah, goes off on but, weird tangents. But bear in mind, you know, you can ask for an object the size mm. of the sun. Mm. You can get that into something the size of a washing machine, or less if you stick it in a black hole. Mm, yeah, okay. Black holes are tiny. 
Yeah, we've clearly gone over the event horizon now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been spaghettified as we speak. Yeah. Yeah, it's like two Yorkshiremen fighting over a penny and a bed and copper wire. Two Yorkshiremen fighting over a penny? That's yeah. a terrifying concept. Yeah, that's how they bed and copper wire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, that one was for you, JJ. Uh, <laughs> also, to anybody listening, that noise was the sound of me stretching out a penny to make it into copper wire because you can't see what I'm doing with my hands. Um... That's not a bad thing. Um, <laughs> hey, you'll get people talking, Gregor. I know, I know. Uh, what were we talking about? Dominion, uh, alleged, allegedly. Yeah, yeah. We were talking about the Gem Hadar, and then we went on to Little Ship, and I can't remember why. Yeah, because yeah, uh, that was the Gem, the Gem Hadar were in that, and it was the Alpha Quadrant Gem Hadar. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Delta Quadrant Gem Hadar, who were at loggerheads in that episode. I remember now. That's, uh, yeah. Uh, so... We've talked about Odor, we've talked about Vorta, we've talked about Jem'Hadar, we haven't talked about the Great Link and Founder Plague um, when Odor goes back and it, it's, that planet's just an orgy, isn't it? It's just one massive orgasm, basically, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. They're all living in an orgasm. Um, yeah. Clearly. Yeah. Uh, Ew, living in an orgasm, that'd be sticky. They don't seem to mind. No, no, I think they're into it. Yeah. Um, It's like, it's like uh, Kira and Odo having an open relationship because she lets Odo link with everybody else. Yeah. She doesn't mind. So she's quite open-minded that way, which... I'm pleased that Kira's as open-minded as that because it gives me hope. <laughs> All you've got to do is survive the next 400 years. I, I hope that I find her on Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I, I was looking for it. I, I found it and I didn't save it to my phone and I'm raging. In the vein of the inappropriate pictures that we send each other, don't know what you're talking about. I never sent you an inappropriate tweet today. And it was one where uh, Kira and Odo were talking, and Odo says to Kira, let's have normal sex tonight. And Kira says, fuck that, turn into an octopus again. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. uh, But yeah, yeah, a changeling would make the best sexual partner. mm, mm, Oh, absolutely. And it would save me an absolute fortune on all them different butt plugs I have to buy. Well, why don't you just buy an inflatable one? Because then you can like change. Because the they just get bigger or smaller. You need a bit more variety than that. Uh huh. Okay. Is that why you've got a strange look in your face just now? Is there... I don't. I don't know what you're talking about. All right. Okay. Ah, sorry. <laughs> Carry on. I mean, is it, is it true that Klingons have two penises? I don't know if any of the listeners have slept with a Klingon to find out, or... I mean, I keep hearing this, that Klingons have two penises. Do I have to know Google Klingon penis? If you think that's a good idea... I'm doing it. I mean, and technically, they did fight the Dominion, so we're still in the ballpark here. Uh, well, the first article that's come up says double Klingon, Klingon penis, uh, 
let me start that again because that was absolutely horrendous. Yes, Double Klingon penis was Star Trek canon before Discovery. Um, so I'm just reading back now. Um, yeah, yeah, we know it's mentioned in Discovery. Well, I do now after reading. I don't remember it being mentioned in Discovery. I'm trying to find it. Where? No, that doesn't actually tell me where it was. It's in the 1992 TNG episode Ethics, where we find out that Klingons have two knobs. That's the one where the battles have fell on war, haven't they? And he's thinking about killing himself because he's lost the use of his hands. Work again. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's got, he has the, the, the weird accident. I'm losing the use of one of my PC penises. I want to die. If I can't have both my penises fully functional, I want to die. I wonder why they have two. In case they lose one and a half. I don't know. Do, do, does, do, do female Klingons have two vaginas? Even a do, front one and a back one? Yeah, do they have to like put it in both? I don't know. I've never, I've never um, initiated a mating ceremony with a Klingon female. No. It explains why Jadzia walks around with a smile on her face a lot, yeah. though, doesn't it? Yeah, but now that you've said that, I'm going to have to attempt that next time I'm at SPLV. Just going to walk, just going to walk up to a Klingon female and punch her in the mouth and say, I'm initiating a mating ceremony. <laughs> I suppose that's slightly more appropriate than randomly walking up to a lady at a convention and asking about a number of vaginas. I wouldn't recommend either course of action. Both are morally dubious at best, highly illegal at worst, and will probably result in you getting arrested. Okay, I, I, I will take that advice on board. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, my, my strong recommendation is, Gregor, no. But what if I meet the Jura sisters? Because that would be very interesting. Go on. Well, uh, they're sisters and they're Klingon. I mean, what more do you want, basically? I mean, I mean I'm not a black belt in karate or anything like that. But you know what more I want, and it's eight wounds. But they're cloned, and I don't think that they have sex because they're cloned. I Just because they I, don't I, doesn't mean they can't. I, and I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to burst your bubble here, but I, I'm trying to think of this logically. But just because they don't doesn't mean they can't. Do you not think that the founders have enough sex in the Dominion for everyone else? Because they're constantly having sex. Yeah, but sex doesn't always have to involve penetration. There's many other ways to have sex. I'm not sure I would call what the founders do as a penetration. I mean, it's the ultimate one becomes however yeah, yeah. Isn't it? I mean, but on a serious I never believe you when you start a sentence with on a serious note, but go on. Oh, no, no, I'll have some things do it. How brilliant is that scene when Odo returns to the lounge and leaves Kira? Oh, no, don't mention that one. I'll start crying again. I'm going to start singing the song. Guess me. No, don't. I'm going to start doing my big front team. No, 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 no. So, um, let's talk about la, 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 I'm taking my head. Because I love you. So, stop it, Gregor. You're a bad person. Uh, well, I did hear a really good piano arrangement of that the other week. I'll try and find that. It's really good. Um, yeah, it was played in one of the Certainly the other week. It was probably about eight months ago. <laughs>
technical version of the discovery theme tune. But I like the discovery theme tune anyway. Um, but it was really good just to hear it on the piano. Yes, no, I've heard that on piano as well. It is a very nice theme tune. Although I, I, uh, Picard also has a very nice theme tune. I uh, see now. I, I have no idea what happened there. Apparently, but, um, this meeting's still see. being recorded. Maybe yeah. it reminds you once an hour or something. Yeah, it must do. Although I don't uh, think it did last time. I over it last time. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah lots, lots of people go on about the Picard music. Lots of people whose opinion I value go on about the Picard music. I don't like the Picard music, and I'm going to be completely frank and say that I think um, my opinion of the show uh, has tainted my opinion of the music. Yeah. Uh, and the reason I'm saying that is that I like just about every other show Jeff Russo's done the music for. I, I mean, I don't like Discovery, but I like music. Yeah, yeah. Um, no. I, think, I think with Discovery, I thought season one was okay. Music's um, also massively subjective. It's mm. so subjective. I mean, Jeff Russo done the music for, for All Mankind, and I think that's amazing. Just look at the Enterprise theme tune. How split is the well, world on whether they love it or hate it? Personally, I, I think it needs to be filed in the same place as um, memos from JJ, then set fire to, then launch towards the moon. Well, I'm, but, I'm, you know, that's my opinion. I think, I think the, the words you used there were key, because you said, look at the Enterprise theme tune. And to be honest with you, I'd rather look at it than listen to it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I quite like the opening credits. It's mm-hmm. just the music's shit. It was even better in season three when the jazz, I believe it. Yeah. Well, I, Oh no! And then the the mirror episodes. No. Well, the, oh. the, the mirror episode had its own theme tune. Yeah, I know. But why couldn't we have that for the rest of it? It it, it was like Jim know. Bowen on Bullseye. This is what you could have won. Well, I mean, to be uh, the the mirror episode music wouldn't have worked as a theme tune for the series as a whole because it was obviously foreboding and dark, and because it was all about. I don't care. It was still better than that Russell Watson crap. Uh, I, I'm going to start. I'm going to try and stop. I'm, I'm not going to try. I'm just going to stop being serious about the enterprise theme here. It's shit. It is. It's. However, when you see Connor and Dominic doing it at the karaoke, it's hilarious. It, it's. I'm not saying it's not a good song, <laughs> but it's a shit Star Trek theme. Yeah. They were, they were trying something. I mean, it was not even, was it even written for the show? Because it's from Patch Adams or something like that, I believe, isn't it? I've no idea. It's yeah, just crap. It, Google it. I, I'm sure it's, it's not called Faith of the Heart. It's called uh, something else. I will. Where My Heart Will Take Me, I think it's called. And it's from another film from about two years earlier. Where My uh, Heart. Apparently, Faith of the Heart has been recorded by Rod Stewart. From the album Patch Adams. Yep, you're right. So it was recorded in, uh, released in 1998 on the album Patch Adams by Rod Stewart. And it should have stayed there mm. because it's crap. Don't like yeah. it. It's, it's an okay song. I mean... It's an okay they, song. They tried to do something different and it failed miserably. Yeah. Luckily, Enterprise was overall very enjoyable and made up for the fact it had a shit theme tune. Yeah, enter an enterprise. I mean, I, again, I don't think JJ's seen the whole enterprise. <sighs> Just get him to watch season four. It's the best bit, and well, not the but not the last episode because it's crap. 
I'll slightly, I'm going to slightly defend him on this one because my own enterprise experience was that I watched it and probably your experience isn't too dissimilar to mine being in the UK where I think it started on Channel 4 uh, and I watched the first yep. two, I watched the first two seasons. Yeah. Then I got but, hooked. Then I went to HMV every time the next VHS came out and bought it so I could watch more of it. See, I wasn't hooked at the end of the first two seasons. I thought it was okay, but I wasn't loving it. Yeah. And then I think I think it then switched to Sky, and we didn't have Sky at the time. Yeah. And it, it wasn't that good that I was going to get Sky to watch it. Well, I was at university at the time. There was no way I could afford Sky. Yeah, I um, managed to find enough money to buy them all on VHS. And then it wasn't until probably 2016, 2017. Right, you were very late into it then. Um, that, I, that I revisited it. Um, probably when I started getting more involved in the Star Trek community. Yeah. You know I mean, it's thought that I wasn't into Star Trek because I really was. Both Sid and I were really into Star Trek, but we weren't overly active in the, the, the wider uh, Star Trek community, but then in 2016 we did get more active in the Star Trek community and talking to people like yourself, like others, and um, hearing comments about Enterprise, so we decided that we are going to watch it right through. We've watched it right through yeah. seasons one to four, and not changed my opinion of seasons one and two that much. There's a couple of gem episodes in there, I have to say, though. The uh, early early seasons of a Star Trek series, I don't expect great things from um, early but, um, seasons. Season three and four were just phenomenal. Yeah. Absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Um, yeah and then, th then they cancelled it, which made me very sad. Well, yeah. I mean, I think there was a, quite a lot going on there with the... The fact that the net, they were shutting down the network that it was on and all kinds of other things. Yeah, people there's... Go, people go on about Star Trek fatigue and stuff like that. And what utter nonsense, because they stopped making Star Trek in 2005 and then in 2009 we got an absolutely blockbuster film that they put hundreds of millions of dollars in. So clearly Star Trek fatigue was not a thing. That's no. nonsense. Um, I'd rather put the money into a TV show in 2009. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, look at Coronation Street. How long's that bugger been going? I know. Um, that's a whole that's a whole other topic. I bet you the Dominion would have put the money into a TV show. Is this you throwing your weight behind the founders? Absolutely. You can throw your weight behind the founders, but the minute you become a founder, I, I want my own set of wounds. Can I be can I make a frank confession here? Is it that you also find Wayne attractive? Um no, but you're surprisingly close. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, there's something quite sexy about the female changeling. Yeah. Do you know, do you know, yeah. What, I think, do you know what I think it is? It's because um, she's clever. She does have a very sexy voice. Yes. Yes. She does have a very sexy voice. And Salome, Salome Jens was not young. Salome Jens was in her late 50s, early 60s when she yeah. became a female changeling. Yeah, she was. Um, well, wasn't a young actress. You know, but the fact that, you know, she was clever, she was menacing, she was strong, uh, sexy voice, um, sexy movement, you know, very, you know, not sexy movement in the way a stripper moves, but... Yeah, not you know, intended Kira movements. <laughs> not intended Kira movements, no. Um, but, you know, very um, strong body language. Yeah. 
Um, so that tells you what my sexual tastes are now. <laughs> so Gregor likes a lady who's in charge. The Duras <laughs> sisters, the female changeling, um, Kira, especially Intendant Kira. Groka was quite sexy. Who? Groka. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Quirks, Klingon wife. Um, I, I mean, it's not all like that. I, I like Eshe. Eshe was quite sexy. So not all your fantasies have to be able to crush your skull with one hand, then? Uh, no, no. No? Uh, no. But it helps. Um, <laughs> it does help, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit more subtle than that. Um, I mean, sex of this is where you find it, I guess. I mean, ultimately, that's it. Go on then, who is your first Star Trek Star Trek crush? Oh, Diana. Diana. Oh, aye, absolutely. Mine was Wesley. Was it? It was age appropriate at the time because I was like twelve. <laughs> oh, it's still age appropriate. What did you see then? <laughs> oh no, no, it's it's age appropriate now for me to think that um, that he's attractive, which he is. But it's not age appropriate now for me to think that Wesley Crusher in TNG is. But ah, when cool. I was twelve, that that was, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, Wesley Crusher was my sexual awakening. Let's put it that way. Yeah, well, I mean, he was he was a very handsome young man, and that has to be said. That's why he was getting the parts in big Hollywood blockbusters at that time. Yeah. You know, he was a he was a cute little kid. Mm. Um, but yeah, definitely, um, Diana was the. You know, I mean, I'd obviously watched. Star Trek, the original series, and the reruns. Um, yeah. When I was younger, I mean, I, funnily enough, I would say looking at um, Ahura now, you know, sixties yeah. and movies of yeah. Ahura, I find her much more sexy now than I did when. I, was I thought you'd have wanted that random woman who just runs up to Kirk and rubs her hands all over him, just because she's human Rand. Yeah. Whatever she's called, yeah, that's just a bit weird. Very, very good looking. Very, 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 very weird. What's that all about? Um, well, I mean, I think, well, it's not, I mean, the original Can you imagine was, Guinan ra- randomly walking up to um, Picard and rubbing her hands all over him while he's yeah, sat but, in the chair on the bridge? It's yeah, just T- weird. Yeah, but TNG was 1987, not 1967. Yes. You know. And it would have um, been Riker should have been rubbing because he was the ladies' man. Well, there, there is, I, did, I, I think I tried to talk to you about this one. I can't remember the episode. I think you have seen this, the original series episode of this now. But it's a, basically it's a homoerotic scene where I think Kirk's moaning about his back and he's expecting Spock to rub his back. And it's human Rand that's rubbing his back and Spock walks around the corner and it's Luke on William Shatner's face and it's like, no, oh, no, I thought it was you rubbing my back. I'm quite disappointed now. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let William Shatner hear you implying that Kirk wasn't straight. My God, he'll, his Twitter will explode. I mean, no, I don't think any Star Trek fan in their heart has is going to hold up the original series as the virtue of the um, the height of morality no. or, or equality or diversity. No, no, no. But it has to, it has to be looked at and the... the the context of the time that was made now because you made a couple of comments to me about the Galileo 7 and the, the racism, the blatant yeah. racism in that, yeah, which was obviously part of that um plot was to show what racism was, yeah. Okay, now 
I think it's bear in mind the context of what that was happening in 1960s America, because only a few years earlier than that, they were taking uh, black African Americans and hanging them from trees without retribution. Yes, yes. You know, they were shooting, oh, no. Martin, they were shooting Martin Luther King. Yeah, so I will never it. deny that the original um, series of Star Trek was a trailblazer at its time. Yeah, um, so you have to, you know, you have to look at it in that context. I mean, I, I think overall TNG pretty much hits the mark. There's still a few things where you think, okay, well, he's got that wrong. Code of yeah. honor, anyone? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or um, the, the 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 random sex planet that wants to kill Wesley Crusher for falling in the flower bed. I know you fancied them, but let's be honest, they weren't all wrong. They weren't all bad, weren't they? Hey! (laughs) You can't kill poor Wesley just because he fell into a bloody greenhouse. They they should have stopped the prime directive there and let it happen. But wasn't that planet the... uh, That was was the the, free love sex planet, wasn't it? Yeah, that was the warm-up planet for Resar, the planet of swinging. Um, it was the sorry, the planet, planet pleasure, me. pleasure planet, pleasure planet, not the planet of swinging, pleasure planet. The warm up planet for Riker. Yeah, yeah. Is it, doesn't he bring that orgasm game back from Visa? Yeah, yeah, and 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 yet Riker never ends up pregnant. You have to wait for a Voyager for one of them to accidentally get knocked up by an alien. Uh, which one? Who was it? Voyager got knocked up by the alien. Harry Kim. When he puts his hand in the magic goo. Oh, that's Enterprise. That's Trip. Oh, that's Trip, yeah. No, I'm sure Harry Kim gets pregnant. That would involve Harry Kim having sex or something. No, no, no. I don't think he happened. Harry Kim pregnant. Unless it was Paris. But I think it was Kim. Dead, dead, dead. Why does Harry Kim get in trouble for sleeping with an alien? Uh, there are Varro. He sleeps with a Varro. Does he not get pregnant? I'm sure he gets pregnant. I may be wrong. Give me a moment while I'm Googling. Oh. I- I'm looking right. for pregnant men. The, the viewers, or sorry, the listener is screaming, going, no, it was Trip. It was Trip, you fool. Why are you saying it's Harry Kim? It probably was, but he definitely had his end away with someone. Hang on. You had his zen away with someone? His okay. end away? Have, have you never heard that phrase? Is that? Yeah, uh, yeah I thought you said his zen away. I was like, all right. I mean, I know he was like meant to be ill. I thought it was maybe a northern Asian colloquialism. But, you know, I mean, it's not, it's not zen in that of motorcycle maintenance, is it? I mean, have a look. Uh, no, I think he just sleeps with her. I, I'm pretty sure if Harry Kim had got his end away, I'd remember that episode because I'd go, "Oh my God, Harry Kim's getting his well, end away." No, he, he, he does get his end away. He, he gets his end away with uh, Darian Tal, who's a viral female. Oh, okay. In the episode, where are we? Give me the episode name. The disease. Right. Okay. I'm struggling to remember that one. But even the even the, the, the alternate reality episode where he goes back in time, he's got a girlfriend. Even she leaves him in the alternative reality. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I I have got my wires crossed. I can't find any reference mm-hmm. to Tom or Harry getting pregnant. 
maybe that was just a fantasy I had one night when I was asleep. A bit like Harry Kim, just a fantasy, you know? Oh, just... poor Harry. Harry Kim and Jordi LaForge should have got together. That would have been a cool couple. I could have watched that. Yeah. A lot. I could watch the special Pornhub release of that. The deep fake one. No, no, no. I want it real with the, the uh, and it's got to be um, the the right actors and everything. Okay, shall we have a crowdfunder for that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I want to watch Levar Burton and Garrett Wang doing it now. <laughs> I'm talking like 25 years ago when they were young. <laughs> Okay, okay. Uh, oh, well, Lamar Burton wasn't that young in TNG. He'd been around a few years. Well, younger then, shall I say. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't old in TNG by any manner of means, but he'd, he'd been around, he'd been in a few things by the time he was in TNG. Because he was the original Kunta Kinte in the original Roots. Well, he had to be a slightly older actor, otherwise making him the chief engineer of the flagship of the Federation makes no sense. Unless your name's J.J. Abrams. You know. No, because then you can't see how old they are because there's too much lens flare in the way. Yeah. Mr. Chekhov, you're 17. Get down there, you're chief engineer. Yeah. 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 Let's not go there. Let's not, let's not go there. Um, so, you brought up Harry Kim. Do you think he'd have made a good forter? Do you mean Harry Kim or do you mean Garrett Wang? No, Harry Kim as a porter. No, no. He no. just needed to be a lieutenant. Sorry, lieutenant in lieutenant. Star Trek talk. Sorry. Would he, would, would he have made, on Deep Space Nine, a good double boy? Oh, now I could watch Harry Kim as a double boy. That, 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 that would make me spend so much latinum. I'd yeah. be Quack's favourite customer. <laughs> Who else would be good dabble boys? I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, let's be honest, there's a couple of very attractive dabble Wesley, girls. Wes, Wesley Crusher one sees like a, um ensign level, and I mean like actual ensign post-academy level. I'm, 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 I'm glad you put that bit in. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, not acting ensign. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, post-graduation Crusher. Yeah, because we, we do have good dabble girls. We've got Lita. Yeah. I can't remember any of their others' names, but there's a couple of them. Now. No, there's Lita and the others, yeah. Yeah. So we'll have Wesley Crusher, we'll have Harry Kim, we'll have Tom Paris. Tom, Who else no, will we have? Tom Paris or Nick Lucano? Oh, yeah, yeah, let's have Nick. Nick Lucano. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, Who else have we got? Uh no, 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 no. Chicote is probably the hustler for the Dabo boys. Ah, right, okay. He's ah. basically going to be the pimp. Okay, okay. Uh... I'm trying to think who else. Can't think of many more. When I walked in. Oh, can we have um, Hugh from Picard picked up and dropped as Picard Hugh into DS9? Mm. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll just get um, what's he called Sloan to sort out the how that works 
Okay. Um, I'm, I mean, if I can resuscitate him, I, I don't see why not. Uh, no, 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 no. I mean, take him before they senselessly kill him. All right, okay. Yeah. Well, I, I, again, I don't see why we can't do that because it'll make no difference to the plot of the car. Exactly, um, exactly. So we'll just pluck him out just as that phase of fire takes off. We'll chuck a random Borg body on the floor. It'd be right. They can think he's dead. And instead, he can be a double boy at Quark's. I think, you know, Yeoman Rand would have made a good double girl. Yeah, I can see what you mean there, yeah. Um, I'm surprised you haven't mentioned Torres as a a Dabo girl. She would be the most frightening but brilliant Dabo girl. You wouldn't cheat, would you, on that Dabo table? Can I say something really weird to you? Is this why you tell me you don't fancy Torres? No, it's I find uh, find Torres more attractive than Roxanne Dawson. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. She's not the same without the riches. No, no, no. I, I, I get that. I think, I think that's weird. There's a great one. It's the, the no, because Garrick's fitter than Andrew Robinson. <laughs> so I ha- get it. <laughs> have you seen Dirty Harry? No. No. Okay. Uh, I don't think you'd find Andrew Robinson quite so sexy if you had seen Dirty Harry. No. And. I've heard Andrew Robson talk about how he thought he was going to get more juicy parts after him, Dirty Harry, and by God, he should have, because what yeah. a performance he puts in in Dirty Harry. Um, but he, he, he's not very nice in Dirty Harry. Yeah, well, being a baddie doesn't make you unattractive. Mm. Oh, yeah, it's great. I mean, it's Look great. at every character Alan Rickman's ever played. It doesn't stop me thinking Alan Rickman's fit. Mm-hmm. With the exception of his role in Galaxy Quest, where he wasn't a baddie, which was really weird. I grab Force Hammer, I shall avenge you. <laughs> Love that film. Yeah, it's a good film. A good film. Um, but would he have made a good founder or a good Vorta? I think he'd have made a very good Vorta. He'd have been a tall Vorta, but he'd have been a good Vorta. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a line that Alan Rickman could say is a Vorta. Potter. No, that doesn't work. (laughs) Now I have your phaser rifle. Ho, ho, ho. (laughs) Actually, you know... Alan Rickman as the Vorta in the episode One Little Ship. Oh, that's yeah, funny. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We do need to get um, thingy, my bobber, whose name escapes me. Oh, shite. What's he called? The guy from Die Hard. Um, burr, 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 burr. Bruce, Bruce, Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis. I almost said Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> So I was thinking Bruce Forsyth, and I was thinking, no, it wasn't. <laughs> nice to see you, to see you. Nice. Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't work. Um, but yeah, Bruce Willis would need to be in that episode as well. Maybe he could be like some marquee stowaway who somehow ended up on the runabout before it got shrunk down because he was still trying to work against the Cardassians as they were part of the Dominion, and then then we can have a Star Trek universe of 
him then taking out the Vorta. Not, not much for me. Um, maybe me, you sitting here writing Star Trek Die Hard crossover fan fiction via Zoom isn't the best way to spend a Thursday evening. <laughs> Who's got that controversial attitude? Who's got that controversial opinion? Did you expect to be basically plotting Imagine. out Die Hard? DS9's crossover fan fiction. Can you imagine if Paramount said, James Gregor, here's a hundred million dollars. On you go. Make it yourself. so. Knock yourself out. <laughs> <laughs> I hope Garrett Wang's got a clear schedule because I've got three dabble tables that need attention. Yeah. So, Garrett, here's the plot. So, you're just at home. Yeah. In San Francisco. Yeah. And your sink's blocked, and you have to phone a plumber. <laughs> Why, then, Captain Paris? What are you doing here? <laughs> and the plumber turns up, and he's just in his overalls. He's just in his dungaree. He's nothing else. He's like topless, just strapped. Oh, if it's a random engineer that I've rang up, then it, it, it's got to be um, Rom who turns up. I don't Rom. care whether he's the Grand Nagus. Rom as a Ferengi plumber. 24th century porn plumber. Yeah. That's, that, that would be interesting. Mm. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure that pitch would work to Garrett Wang. No, Garrett Wang's a double girl boy. Oh, Garrett Wang's a double boy. When we get to DS9. All right, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're on, we're on about the bit. We're, the scene we're on at the moment is before we have the title sequence. You know, the bit that doesn't really make any sense in the rest of the story. Yeah. Okay, so how 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 would we start this again? Start again, because... So it starts in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, and sexy Ron Plummer turns up. And then a conversation takes place about where Ron learnt how to be such a good engineer. No euphemism. Yes, euphemism intended. Uh, then we have the opening credits, and then how how, how how he plugged all the leaks in exactly, and then we're back on DS Nine because we have a little bit of a time jump backwards to Rom um, learning how to be an engineer um, in the Hollow Suites at Quarks, and then we come out of the Hollow Suites and we find um, Harry Kim as a Dabo boy. Okay. Um, do you think we can sell that to Garrett Wang? Yeah, probably. If we paid him enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we could say we, Garrett will promote your table at STLB if you do this. <laughs> and Garrett would do it. Um, Maybe we shouldn't write this slash fanfic. Maybe we should leave that to people who are actually good at writing fanfic. To be honest, this probably already exists. Let's okay, okay. Can I just say something there when you said maybe we're not good at this slash fan flick stuff? Have you ever seen a good slash fan? Some of some <laughs> of no, some of them are quite good. If you read some, they're they're very well written. There's some very well written fan fiction out there. If you don't like is it 
when you read them, are you reading them one-handed? You know, you've got like the book in one hand. Can't no, you need hand. a Kindle because it's wiped clean. Ah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm just checking. I'm just yeah, checking. make sure you pay a little bit of extra to get the waterproof Kindle. Wipe clean. Baby wipes. Well, you can run it under the tap then if you need to. Baby wipes at the ready. Yeah. Um, How did we get onto this from the Dominion? I have no idea. Um, we're talking about the Dominion? What? Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> Poor JJ's got to listen to this. But... <laughs> I know, I know. It's, by the way, that's almost another two hours already. Uh, I think oh, is it? Yeah. I think we better wind it up before we get shot. So, yeah. uh, why don't you tell us where, much as it's been fun, <laughs> why don't you tell us where we can find you, please? James? You can find me on Twitter at The Militant. What about yourself, Gregor? You can find me at Crabbit Ginger on Twitter. Brilliant. And obviously on Spot the Week on Facebook as well. Spot the Week's got a Facebook page. You can find us there. Please and a Twitter feed. And a Twitter feed. Uh, please like, please subscribe. Please follow and um, do all that, and that'd be great. But uh, we're going to sign off before we get our final written warning next week. So uh, live long and prosper. Live long and prosper. <laughs>